0: It's your it's your buddy cop comedy.
1: I mean, yeah, this could actually be even more fun if it is, the rogue and the paladin. I was going to do a little like B&E reconnaissance, but like you're here, huh? I'll go talk to the shopkeeper. Okay, you talk to the
0: shopkeeper. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I sneak into the storeroom and see right. what he has back there for <laughs> ritual components. <laughs> For the dangerous Crow's Nest in New York City, I'm your host, Shane. And I'm your host, Ishan. And welcome to episode 287 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours.
1: In this episode, we're talking about reconnaissance. But first the party dishes out a little hellish rebuke in the Gates of Morning campaign. And later, Radar sees it all and misses nothing in the Character Creation Forge. Hey yo, we've been at this for six years, and we thought, I don't know, maybe you deserve a little extra—bare minimum of extra, <laughs> you might say. <laughs> you mean things uh, that people start uh, day one of their podcast with? Well, those people are
0: overachievers.
1: Damn right. Okay, but but we have we have conferred with each other during the the pod baby reset and have decided that we should really be trying to put out some regular bonus content for you, for all of you Patreon subscribers. So that is currently in the works, and keep an ear out for
0: that, coming very soon. Uh, This is something that is completely made possible by our Patreon supporters, and especially uh, our editor, Aram. (laughs) Who is paid for completely by you. Right, exactly, without (laughs) whom we could not make this work anymore so do that is...
1: anything extra in any way <laughs> right yeah
0: all right so where are we in the gates of morning campaign so the
1: gates of morning campaign is our fifth edition D game set in Eberron, a sequel of sorts to the original morning glory campaign and in flame keep the seat of the church of the silver flame the party is hunting down a rogue sect of house jurasko
0: So I think there was just an
1: explosion. Uh, yep. An attack on the Keeper of the Flame has summoned a seven-foot vulture-headed demon, a Vrock. So the Kalistar Vesakad places one hand each on Lenore and Switch, and psychically accelerates their physical forms before he
0: quickly retreats to the backline. Then Vrock lets loose a terrible shriek, and Lenore and Bramble are frozen in place by the terrible sound.
1: Which is a horrible waste of that haste. Uh, Switch attempts to rebuke the demon with holy vigor, but the vrock stands its ground. So instead, she charges and stabs it, channeling divine strength through her eerily silent blade. Badly wounded, it throws its head back and howls, summoning
0: two more vrocks. They could do that? That feels like cheating. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Demons cheat all the time. So one of them slashes futilely at Lenore while the other attacks the keeper's carriage. But a large, flightless, six-limbed dragon creature emerges, wrapping its scaly body around the girl to protect her. Then it belches a cone of fire at the demon and setting a nearby house of bullets.
1: You know, lawful could. <laughs> Warden calls lightning from a cloudless sky. And then Vesicot fries the minds of two of the demons with mental static. Switch is still moving with blinding speed, so she hacks the first frock apart
0: and then confronts the next one. Lenore and Bramble awaken from their stupor, and the rogue, Lenore, puts an arrow down the throat of an injured demon, banishing it back to Shabaroth. And
1: sensing that they have the upper hand, the party converges on the last demon, taking blows from its sharp claws in order to close ranks, and putting it down before it can summon even more allies. As the din of battle fades, they look up, and notice they are surrounded by soldiers, all with Nox arrows. But a single word from the Keeper calms the situation, and then paladins quickly scramble to tend to the injured, and the dragon creature slumps back to the floor of the carriage and resumes its nap.
0: So, Jayla Darren, the Keeper of the Flame, is saddened by the loss of life, but turns to the party and thanks them. She says, I hope we shall see each other again, before continuing on her slow path through the crowd.
1: Just another day in the life of the Keeper of the Flame. What, an assassination attempt? Yeah, yeah. Just
0: roll the dice. Oh,
1: demons this time. Hmm, cool. All right. You're sending CR7 demons? Thought you could do better. As the throng finally thins, a man in simple flammock robes approaches the party. You are invited to attend an audience with the Flame this evening. He's smiling when he says this, but it is very clear that this is an order and not really an invitation. He then leaves quickly, and Zoder, their uh, host, impressed by the party's battle prowess, finally escorts them to the Orion Enclave.
0: That evening, the same cleric arrives at the Enclave to take the party to the Cathedral of the Silver Flame, a massive stone structure resplendent with the wealth and grandeur of Thrain. Eventually, they are brought up to a large sitting room deep within the church. And Jayla and four others are in deep discussion when the party arrives. The keeper is seated, barefoot, on a cushioned chair. No guards are in sight, but the ever-present dragonhound naps at her feet. And we'll find out what happens next, next
1: week. So this week, uh, I've climbed to a high point, and I espy a conversation about reconnaissance.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Been uh, been thinking about this topic a lot, uh, because our home group has decided that our regiment in Legion of Lazguns, my uh, 40K... Reskin, rebuild of Band of Blades, uh, that our regiment is a recon regiment. So, I'm going to have to figure out a way to make recon as exciting <laughs> as pitched battles and desperately holding the line and dying face down in the mud to a horde of orcs. So, how do I do that? <laughs> See, I was
1: not at uh, the play session when it was decided that we were going to be a recon unit. And when I found out, I was like, really? Because the Um, the stereotype of reconnaissance is a lot like the stereotype of playing a cleric way back in the day, which is like, Hey, it's boring. Nothing really happens. And if you're doing your
0: job, right, then nothing dramatic does happen. This is technically true. Uh, but also like, I think realistically, there's a lot of good inspiration for what recon units do that isn't just boring, you know, go stand in a place for 10 hours and do a stakeout. Um, one thing that comes to mind is, uh, especially, I mean, because we're talking about like Warhammer 40K, right? And you're Imperial Guards, so you have access to technology. Like, um, if you watch like Generation Kill, right? That's about the first recon marines in Iraq. They are armored cavalry, right? They are in Humvees, the entire deployment. So they're in vehicles, <laughs> which is. Already more exciting than just sneaking in and never being seen anywhere, right? Because you get to ride into battle against tanks if you're unlucky (laughs) in lightly armored Humvees.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think Reconnaissance Recon, can we just call it Recon? Gets a bad rap um from people who I think have ended up playing bad sessions. Um, or you know, I think we often think cinematically, and if you look at the scenes in movies where recon is happening they're often still. And I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing. You can, obviously, and we will talk about ways in order to make those you know, more active, to make sure that there's some, some dice rolling, to make sure that there's some dramatic tension. Uh, but they can also be really useful times for slower moments where you have character development right you think about the typical stakeout you're there with a coffee and a, a donut and people are you're looking at each other like the buddy comedy is like wait, you're eating that why are you doing that wait that smells bad and we're here for six hours and wait you're shaving in here what's happening and we like you you develop a sense of who these
0: characters are because you get to spend a lot of time with them in the narrative so let's start out with what is recon I would say that these are adventures and missions and, you know, any activity where the objective is discovering information through observation and occasionally theft.
1: <laughs> occasionally. I'm stealing that information. You didn't want me to know where enemy troops were, now I do. I stole it from your brain.
0: Right. Okay, or or you know, your your tent. But your, yeah, sure, your, your brain.
1: Your physical <laughs> location. <laughs> this is often a setup for another adventure, right? You are scoping out a heist target. You are scouting ahead for threats so that the party doesn't need to face them unawares. You're gathering information undercover. Um, or, you know, like we mentioned before, the old-fashioned police stakeout.
0: But not necessarily, <laughs> right? The The recon uh, could be the heist. It could be the infiltration. It could be the break-in itself. Again, right? This is about information, not about jewels. It is about, you know, a uh, a loaded data drive, not about necessarily, like, you know, the um, the rare artwork on the walls.
1: I mean, it could also be and or. I mean, while we're here.
0: Sure, sure. But like <laughs> the, the reason you're doing this is to learn what's on the drive, right? It's to learn what's in the file. It's not, you know, a little for me, a little for you. But like the goal is not to just take valuables. The goal is to actually learn something that's going to impact your story f- going forward. Mm-hmm.
1: And I always love this as a red herring. You'll see this sometimes where it seems like it's a heist it seems like you know what the goal is and maybe maybe you foiled
0: what you uh believe was a heist and it turns out you did not foil a recon mission um i think you can also consider like rescue missions or kidnappings or even like a prison break to be a recon mission right if the if the goal is to get a person um out right like exfiltrate somebody from a situation uh As they hope or against their will. (laughs) Because they have something you need, right? Uh, Information or a skill or something like that. I mean, I think that qualifies as recon as well.
1: Yeah, this is an opportunity to sort of expand your definitions. If you think recon is boring, then you probably are thinking solely of stealth missions and um, hiding in the mud and, you know, moving carefully and
0: slowly and and scaling walls. Right. Um, I would argue that unless you're assassinating someone. A dinner party is probably a very fanciful recon mission. Why else are you there, right? You're probably there undercover
1: to find out information about people that you will use elsewhere in this campaign.
0: Exactly. You're you're there to set the stage for whatever's coming after the party.
1: Expand the definition. There are a lot of ways that you can go with recon, and probably my favorite recon missions are when they go sideways.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, let's talk about why is it worth doing recon mission why introduce this as a as an adventure archetype in your game Uh, you already mentioned one piece of it which is just sort of the opportunity for character development right you can have those small moments if you frame them as you know um you've gotten to the place you're observing what do you talk about um i think that's great uh also you can use it to advance the overarching narrative right so this is where you learn what is the big bad doing Uh, what unknown threats are lurking out there? Like, what is it that you should be aware of that you're not currently? Like, Recon is how you figure that out.
1: Mm -hmm. Recon is a great way to do exposition in a campaign without having to go through exposition. Yeah, it's like active exposition. Right. (laughs) Like, suddenly you realize the big picture or what's happening or, like, the big reveal happens and the characters, the players feel like they have discovered that for themselves rather than having some sort of librarian sit them down and, and explain it to them.
0: Right. Um, You can also use it to sow new plot seeds, uh, to introduce new plot threads, to reintroduce old ones that everyone forgot about, (laughs) Um, you know, to tie everything together into a bow, right? Um, If the party hasn't figured out what, you know, activity A plus activity B, how they're related, well, recon can reveal that. You know, if you're trying to figure out what is it that the CIA and this gang have in common and you stake out the meeting well then you're going to learn what it is that they're working on together right what nefarious thing is the cia trying to i don't know distribute in in
1: the inner cities
0: yes yeah right. i guess yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right no though no, that tracks yeah that's okay. that's
1: happening yeah what horrible thing are they
0: doing to heroin i got it
1: <laughs> the really nice thing about being in a reconnaissance situation is that you have players actively asking for more information that they don't know about, and as a GM, that's your chance to be like, "Great, I can put in anything, anything." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, you literally do not know what it is. I can make stuff up that I to change the pacing of the campaign or the direction of the campaign to mix things up. Um, I can make sure that I am delving into backstories to to tie hooks in. I can make sure that I am about to give you the thing that you have been searching for for you know the last six months of game time right because this is a chance to like expand the details of act of activities that might otherwise just be maybe a dice roll we talked about this a bit with you know going to the library and research all of those activities can be handled very quickly know you, you pick up percentile dice roll it and find out what happens but if you want to stretch that out or if you want to you know go through the the motion of like finding out how all of it unfolds you can turn it into a little adventure and this is an opportunity for the players to feel like they actually earned the information they earned the success rather than just rolling well right
0: yeah and it it lands a little bit differently when you spend you know two or three hours of a a game session doing the reconnaissance yourself and role-playing that versus you know five and a half minutes of a dice roll and and some exposition from the gm that we didn't really participate in and i already forgot all the details that i learned and i'm just gonna have to ask you about them later how how long are your dice rolls are they taking five and a half minutes oh well how long is my exposition
1: <laughs> okay I, I just thought you had a really really big dice tower it's a really cling, laggy clunk, dice roller yeah cling, clunk a, clunk 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 hold on wait a second. yeah, give it a second
0: 13 flights of stairs oh it's cocked you can also use recon to give spotlight time to scouts um, you know, if you have a character who's specialized in, in scouting, right, not necessarily stealth, but, you know, in, in kind of observation and things like that um, survival, uh, this is a way to show off the points that they committed to that. Right. They they said it was important to them. And now there's a mission that they get to lead. There's an adventure that is like set up for them. It's not just, hey, what's around that corner? Hope it doesn't ambush you.
1: Yeah, this is a good chance for like the, the detective characters to shine as well. Uh, And then it is an opportunity for world building and scene setting because when the PCs are seeking something specific out in the game world, the players can learn more about the world in general. They're, you know, they're traipsing about and uncovering things, looking for the thing that they're looking for, but they're also going to find a bunch of stuff that they weren't
0: looking for because it's obviously not going to be in the first place that they look. Right, exactly. And that might not be novel to the PCs But it could be novel to the players Mm -hmm. right the 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 characters expect this the players might not and so you can use those kind of recon missions to sort of prepare the players for what's out there right um if there's something about the environment that they're going into that is strange right the next place they're adventuring is is not you know like say the feywild um you know they might want to go and take a look at it and see what's coming right? And, and now they're learning stuff about the world as they do it. it. It's helping them on their adventure, but the players are also getting accustomed to what this is like. This is an
1: especially good tactic if you have players who are in a setting or game world that they they are not familiar with, even if the characters are. Um, and it can also be really good at the beginning of a new arc um, or when you've gone to a new location, right? You, you know, yeah. you just did the, the, sailing on the high seas sessions and now you've you know entered port in a new pirate city and you've got to get the lay of the land do recon that makes sense in game for the characters and also gives your players a chance to acclimate and figure out what's going on so they can actually pinpoint what their goals
0: are right it's ch- it's tough though right there's it, there's there's a challenge to do recon well <laughs> there's there's a reason that there's no recon adventures you should. yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's never, it's, it's never the whole bucket. Yeah, they always, you know, for some reason, Dungeons and Dragons always puts you in a dungeon and not, you know, on a broad plain with a plateau overlooking it.
1: Ah, uh, this is the Scry Core. Oh no, we don't go anywhere. We just simply yeah. hang out here <laughs> we just, and look we at just, stuff. And right, we tell other people where to go to have adventures. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so the rewards can be anticlimactic. Um. You know, a lot of times the reward for learning about a threat means that you just avoid that threat or you prepare for it in a way that trivializes it, right? Like, oh, there's giants over there. Um, Or, you know, like the orcs have allied with the giants. I better go grab my giant's bane weapons, right? And now it's like, okay, well, that was going to be a big threat and now you've made it nothing. Like, that's actually almost worse than having walked into the trap and had a hard fight.
1: Yeah, on the flip side, you need to make the fact that you did reconnaissance matter right there isn't any point in reconnoitering a monster or a location if there aren't any weaknesses that you could discover or it turns out that there actually wasn't anything dangerous over that hill you know like if the goblins are not massing what was the point of you doing the reconnaissance okay i guess in game you you got that information and you know that you don't need to waste resources there but like what a waste of a session
0: yeah exactly (laughs) and now i'm taking none of that knowledge into the thing that my character actually goes and does next week you know and that's the problem it's it's not that it isn't true to world that sometimes the value was learning there's nothing there it's that does that inform you in some way that makes your next session better maybe not um i think it's also a challenge to figure out what is the fail state for for reconnaissance right if you're unsuccessful now what like i spent three hours on this mission uh i spent you know we we spent half the session going to look at the thing that we're going to go do and we failed well what 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 happens now
1: right i mean this is a prime example of need, needing to fail forward in order to uh, make the the session itself rewarding like to make it valuable to play so you know if players don't learn critical information for their next adventure What are they going to do about it? Does that mean that they abandon the mission? Does that mean that they are now going to take on this next mission or this next session with some sort of disadvantage or, you know,
0: proverbially fighting with one arm tied behind their backs? Uh, Well, if they're uh, players, then they will not proceed with a disadvantage. They will fight finagle and do whatever they can to avoid moving forward.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Even if it means
0: derailing the adventure, like why, why would we go there? No. Yeah. Like I'm not I the this is the moment of premise rejection. It's like <laughs> I needed to recon something I wasn't able to. That's clearly a big threat and I'm not engaging with it. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> and you know, you can run into this as well even if you're in the success state for reconnaissance, right? Oh, we found the thing and I don't know how to deal with it. We don't have giant-spain weapons. We're, we're not equipped to fight giants. They're not one of my favorite enemies because like that's a terrible mechanic. Uh, let's not go in that direction. I refuse. Right. let the giants have this town
0: (laughs) so and then you run into this thing where okay so if they're missing critical information they were supposed to get it through this adventure they failed to get that information you have to find a way to get it to them right or or you are accepting that they are just not going to proceed and then you have to pivot but if you want them to continue on this adventure you've got to find them a way to get that like now that you failed reconnaissance if you were gifted that information in some other way, is that equally rewarding? Does that undermine the effort they put into the reconnaissance? Like, was like, are the players now going to feel like, well, why did I bother doing that? Like, that was just kind of a waste of our time if you're just going to tell us what we needed to know even though we've messed it up. Mm-hmm. So in any of these scenarios
1: where it hasn't really panned out the way the players want, people are going to start thinking, why wasn't this just a dice roll? You know, why aren't we bemoaning the fact that I rolled poorly rather than, uh, we made some mistakes and we wasted hours
0: right yeah exactly and then you've got to think like what's interesting or special about this attempt at recon that we needed to play it out at the table like why why did we invest two hours in this like what was the purpose because yeah why uh, did we shane huh why I, did we hey look i i don't look random mission generation all right i don't pick the primary <laughs> that's on you bud
1: and of course, a traditional recon mission is often based on stealth. So there's limited opportunity for other people to shine if you're not good at that, because like you don't take the loud, clanky knight on your stealth mission, duh. Right. Of course, now you split the party. That's the other thing.
0: So, yeah. What <laughs> if? What if we should split the party? <laughs> like, okay, well, what are the rest of you doing? I hope there's some recon in town you can do. You're not just carousing at the tavern and getting yourselves in trouble, because. Now we reconned our way, added into a jailbreak. <laughs> uh, let's hope that the fail state of my recon mission isn't death, because you don't know. <laughs> a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Panacea. So, keep in mind as well that you have some systems that just have skills that are designed to hand wave this, right? Gather information in D&D is one of those things. Like, Blades in the Dark and and other, you know, uh, Forge in the Dark games have flashbacks so that you can specifically reduce planning steps like Recon. So if you're doing this, if you're introducing this, you're always having to weigh, you know, the value of the spotlight time against the value of those mechanics.
1: Yeah, and we've talked before in previous episodes about stripping those mechanics and porting them into games that don't have them. So always consider that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> well, so that brings us to, you know, we've just gone through a long litany of problems with reconnaissance. So how do you go about fixing those in order to make these
0: a rewarding game session? So I think the first thing you've got to do is decide what is there to find, right? What What isn't what it seems, what hidden information can be revealed, what's missing that should be there, right? Like ask yourself those questions and and solidify around what it is the players are there to find um or at least in what form does that information take <laughs> right so if they need to go get you know a dossier um then you know you don't necessarily need to know what's in the dossier but you do need to know where it is and why it's there um and then you know you can figure it out from there these are very powered by the apocalypse type questions uh interestingly yes interestingly, that we're playing a Power the Apocalypse type game <laughs> that inspired this question. <laughs> I think the next step then is to figure out what the challenges are, right? So what is preventing the players from just getting the information they need? Uh, are there guards or sentries? Do you have electronic anti-surveillance? Are there suspicious locals? Is it magic
1: that's going to get in their way? Because that is going to trip up a traditional rogue. Uh, and it's important to remember here Right, don't get caught in the recon only trap. Combat is not off limits, especially if it ends up being unrelated to the reconnaissance. Um, or if, you know the the choices that the characters make in what is supposed to be a quiet, stealthy job make sense that it would result in action
0: yeah, there's there's always third party factors that could be an issue here too, right? Like, you know, if you're casing a joint for a heist. Uh, in an enemy gang's territory, like they're not gonna take kindly to it, right? So they might send some goons to come rough you up for being in their turf. Fighting them doesn't tip off the heist target. You still gotta do it or, or else you're gonna you know walk away with a with a broken nose and possibly worse. Right? So you got to figure out like, okay, how are we going to handle this fight? And and that's fine. You can have a combat-focused game. You can fight during recon. It doesn't mean you're not stealthy, it doesn't mean you're not sneaky, it doesn't mean you can't accomplish all of your goals. So ask the players for their approach. How are they going to recon their target?
1: Start spitballing ideas. And and that's an uh, that's an approach that works for any kind of game system. You don't necessarily have to start off knowing um, within the mechanics exactly the optimal way for the party to go about their recon. So start talking with them about how they would think about doing it in the fiction, and then the mechanical ways tend to bubble up.
0: This is where you might have to do a little thinking on your feet if, uh, if you're planning an adventure and <laughs> they are uh, more creative than you, right? So if they're going to try and hack the information, right, well, then... You know, the information probably can't be sitting on a server uh, or else they're not going to be physically present in the building that you want them to be for your adventure. You know, if it's um, if it's information, you know, if they have scrying magic. Right. Well, they can see where the information they're looking for is perhaps, but they can't get the detail of it without actually physically being present. And then once there's a, once there's an objective, just skip to the action.
1: Uh, what, we, what was this two weeks ago we talked about? Yeah, <laughs> just like uh, just skip
0: the boring stuff. Right. This is, this is by far the most Forge in the Dark thing. <laughs> it's just like, cool. Uh, we're not going to make a dozen stealth and survival checks to see how, how you did on your way. <laughs> we're just going to tell you where you got to and then make it fun. <laughs> no, every 1d4 hours, you need to roll percentile dice. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. This is an adventure. <laughs> like this isn't this is an interstitial time in which we're trying to figure out if something interesting happens like you were on your way to something interesting nothing more interesting is going to happen than the adventure which is the recon
1: right so even if you are currently playing a game where normally you are playing out every square in a dungeon and you're you know going five feet by five feet tapping everything with your 10 foot pole this part is not the dungeon crawl don't worry about it the goal here is not finding loot and finding monsters to fight and defeating those monsters the goal is doing the cool sneaky thing
0: right learning the thing you needed to learn if you are worried that doing recon is boring you have our permission to just skip the boring stuff like if sitting at your watch post for 12 hours is not something that your group is going to find a way to make interesting right they don't want to role play what that time is like they don't want to discuss maybe like you know What is the funny thing that happened while you were you were stuck in that uh, lookout van? Um, You know, you could just say, cool, like 12 hours pass uneventfully like and now the person you're looking for walks up to the door that you're watching. And here we are. Yeah. The nice thing
1: about this is, you know, if you're wondering, oh, when does the exciting stuff start? It, It starts whenever you pick up the narrative literally at any point that you decide you're going to pick up the narrative that's when the interesting stuff starts and everything that happened before that by definition was not interesting like, exactly <laughs> um and you know you sort of alluded to this like it depends on your table composition you know what is it that people are going to be interested in and what is it that people are invested in exploring you know if if you are about to do The prison break and you want to see the one person with that rubber ball bouncing it against the wall that bothers another cellmate and then they have an argument like if that is a fun interaction for the table do that interaction that's the action um if it's not then i don't know you can reminisce it i guess reminisce about it i guess once you're all free
0: right (laughs) you could ask the question what were you doing when the wall caved in um so, again, this is something Band of Blades and, and Blades in the Dark, I mean, all the fours in the Dark games, right, they do really well with the engagement roll, which is a single dice roll that just informs your starting situation and, and your position in it when we cut to the action. So if, if you have good rolls, you're in control, you might already be past the first obstacle, you know, you have a, a solid grasp on what's about to happen, and you're going to go seize the bull by the horns. If you have a bad roll... You're in trouble, something isn't going to plan, you're out of control, um, something you didn't account for has occurred, and now you're dealing with this on your back foot, right? And you can be somewhere in the middle, and that's your starting situation. We got to roll dice, and now we're in our adventure. Yeah, it's
1: very all guardsman party, so no sh there we were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where? Oh, you know, exactly where you need to be at this particular moment. How did you get there? Well, let's talk about that. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so I think, you know, I think we've we've suggested this before, but I think, you know, for, for recon, like if you're playing D&D, which, but any game that just has a set of skills, right, um, but doesn't have engagement rules, like make a group check. Right, just let everybody roll whatever the relevant skill is. Is it stealth because you're sneaking in? Is it survival because you're going through difficult terrain to get there? Is it gather information because you're taking kind of a social landscape of an area? Fine, right? And then just decide what's like controlled, what's risky, what's desperate. So I would say like if half the group succeeds, you're in control. You got your arms around what's going on. You have agency in how you address the first obstacle.
1: A hundred yards up ahead, you spot an orc patrol. They don't see you yet you can get the jump on them if you want or give them the slip
0: which is it uh if no one succeeds well then you're in trouble you're desperate you're surprised by the first obstacle or you're poorly equipped to deal with it or it isn't what you expected i pulled this one on you guys in your last mission in legion of blast actually you needed to scale a cliff face to get to to uh well you were you were trying to get to a shrine but could have been a vantage point halfway up uh your climbing kit broke And suddenly, one of the squad members was just dangling by a thread 100 feet in the air. (laughs) What do you do, squad? (laughs) I love the meta conversation that happens at the
1: table once this mechanic starts to be really well understood, right? So, okay, we know we need to scale a cliff to get to a location, and that's where the target is. The question is, if our engagement role sucks, then we need to be good at climbing. If our engagement role is good, we don't. So do you hedge your bet <laughs> when you're like planning your loadout or, you know, preparing your spells or whatever? Is it is it worth the feather fall? Do I need to spend that slot?
0: <laughs> that is uh, that is the optimizer in us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if you think about it, even in the fiction, right, it's like, hey, are you the per- kind of person who plans for everything to go right or everything to go wrong? Right. <laughs> someone succeeds or more than one person succeeds but it's less than half of the group then you're probably at the first obstacle that you're going to face and you get a chance to uh, avoid it but just a chance
0: yeah so this is the kind of thing where it's like you know your stakeout van looks suspicious a neighbor called the cops who have just arrived on the scene what are you going to do right you're not made you're not compromised you're just in a bad situation how are you going to deal with the situation another way that you can deal
1: with what can be sort of tedious um constant rolling of stealth is uh what we did on the final level um of the Sunless the citadel in our recent actual play which is like i just had you get, like give me a stealth check uh give me an investigation check give me a perception check all right and we're just going to use those for like a while <laughs>
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: you know and then we're just gonna skip the stuff that's boring i'm gonna you know we're using a published adventure so it's like i'm just gonna read the interesting stuff that you find and when we come to an obstacle well let's see how good you did on that thing uh and then we'll you know figure out if this is going to be something worth narrating or talking about
0: yeah that was great because it would have been extremely one difficult and two boring to narrate me trying to walk through um you know shoulder height grass trying to avoid twig blights. Um And or, like, even if we had a grid that we were trying to like carefully play Frogger through, like it wouldn't have been entertaining. And also like, it would have just been frustrating because eventually you're going to roll poorly. And then the whole jig is up anyway.
1: Yeah. Do these shortcuts with any kind of reconnaissance? Because the sort of definitionally reconnaissance involves large areas You know, um, large swaths that you're sort of searching through, whether that is an entire library, you don't know which book it's in, or you're literally at 30,000 feet and scanning the horizon back and Mm -hmm. forth. Um, uh, There is the neutral state for almost anything that you look at is going to be doesn't matter, it's
0: boring. So then another thing to keep in mind here is that, you know, I think by default, people think of recon, they think of stealth, right? Um, Stealth is good if you have it. But sometimes speed can be better, right? It's not about not getting noticed. It's about getting there, getting what you need, and getting out before anybody can actually respond to what you've done. So there's a reason it's called a smash and grab, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, it isn't a cat burglar. It's a brick through a window, and you're in and out before anybody has a chance to really notice what's gone.
1: It's an owlbear burglar. (laughs) We went in the front door, yeah we took the front door we took the front door we stole
0: the front door (laughs) Uh,
1: sometimes this can also be literal speed um this was cam's idea in the morning glory campaign when uh you needed to make your way through the pit of five sorrows uh part of that was reconnaissance part of that was um a reverse heist uh right but instead of going room by room sneakily which i thought you would do by avoiding the guardians since you had um intel and all of their stats uh you just ran you ran really really fast and you ran past them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then they all just started chasing you so you had all of the guardians directly behind you and you just needed to stay faster than them (laughs) because there was no turning back
0: and yakety sax played the whole time (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) but hey you got the info you needed yeah exactly we got that prophecy um the other thing to keep in mind with speed is that like you know, stealth might be necessary, but sometimes getting there quickly can provide an advantage, right? So if you aren't great at sneaking, maybe if you're in place early, um, you know, you can be more effective because you have a better chance to prepare for it. Right. So, you know, we, we've done that where it's like, if you need to set an ambush, right? Like it's better to get there the day before than it is to get there 10 minutes before. So if you can figure that out, if you can solve for that problem, you know, maybe the stealth is hand waved because you've solved it in a different way.
1: Um, I, I will say that, you know, reconnaissance is one of the classic scenarios. You know, combat, social situations, dinner party, what have you. And I like to always have one of those, or at least an inkling of an idea of what one of those might be in my back pocket at all times when I'm running, just because You never know when your players are going to take you in a different direction as soon as you did the recap from last week. But you also never know. Sometimes like this is real life. Often you don't know who's going to be at the session until Mm -hmm. the day of. So if you end up with, you know, two players or three players and you're thinking about scratching. Well, if it's, you know, the rogue and the scout, why not just do a recon mission? You don't even need to split the party. I mean, in the fiction, split the party. Everyone stays back at HQ. That's fine. But, like, let's do a side quest. It's your, it's your buddy cop comedy, right? Like- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, this could actually be even more fun if it is the rogue and the paladin. Right. Uh, I was going to do, I was, I was do a little, like, beanie reconnaissance, but, like, you're here, huh? I mean, I could use some muscle, I guess.
0: It's, yeah, like, I'll go talk to the shopkeeper. Okay, you talk to the shopkeeper. Like, right, yeah. I sneak into the storeroom and see right. what he has back there for ritual components.
1: <laughs> oh, we gotta reconnoiter the gang hideout? Great. I want you to go out front and challenge them. Wait, what? <laughs> no, no, trust me. It, it'll be fine. But But there's, like, 15 guys in there. Yeah, 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 you'll be fine.
0: <laughs> this will be fun, at least for me. The other thing that I really like having recon missions for is... When players get really plan and you can't shake them out of, I, I want a plan, right? Mm-hmm. I know what the next thing is. I know it's going to be hard. We got to have the perfect plan. And then they start asking a lot of questions, right? And it's like, okay, I mean, we can sit here and like talk through the hypotheticals for three hours or like, oh, we'll get the answer to that question. Like real quick recon adventure. Like, you know, we're going to roll. We're going we're to play this out for the next hour, mm-hmm. right? And then we actually got something done this session. And you still got to do all the planning, but you earned the information you had. And like now it felt like more of a session and less of just like uh, bogged down table talk.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's also a good stalling technique. If like you don't know what the answers to all of their questions are, you can be like, well, let's roll it out and let's find out. (laughs) Yup.
0: The the number one rule is what is there to find? Break that all the time. start the mission and just see what they suggest they might be finding. That's good. We'll take that.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Tell me more about that. D&D is therapy.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think as we kind of wrap this up, right? Like I'm, I'm for one really excited that we you've chosen to be a recon regiment, right? Like I think there's a lot of interesting kind of like mission profiles to bring into that. Um, and, And I'm, I'm excited that like, there are success and failure conditions that just don't involve fighting, mm-hmm. right? Like that—that's kind of the thing that I'm most excited about. You're a military unit; you're gonna fight. Like that'll happen, right? But then, like the recon stands out as like, oh, this is the time we didn't. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like that that palate cleanser of like, cool. We've been bogged down and like, you know, AC and damage and like all of this stuff, and then it's like. But then there was that mission where, like, we didn't have to do any of that, you know? We just got to, like, solve problems and figure it out. Yeah, and sometimes if solving
1: the problem is rising slowly out of the muck with a knife in your teeth before <laughs> snapping some necks, then great. Best of both worlds, butt kickers are happy. <laughs> right? Have fun with it. But yeah, I think reconnaissance is, is ultimately really underrated, and for, like, a lore hound like me who also you know really likes combat mechanics it, it's a great marriage of the two. Oh, great no pressure <laughs> <laughs> make it good this is all i care about
0: all right do you hear that ishan i do not at all because we succeeded well then it's time to move on to the character creation forge and learn a little bit more about you but before we do that let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us we do love hearing from you you can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous, that's M-U-N-Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Carne. that's Malice minus me. And you can tweet at the show at TPTCast.
1: You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com.
0: We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Total Party Thrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes.
1: Alright, so this week in the Character Creation Forge, we are building Radar. Shane, what or who is Radar? Uh, Radar
0: is our recon specialist who uh, can see what there is to be seen, can get where they need to get, and can figure out what needs to be figured out without getting into too much trouble. Okay, so you decided not to go the MASH route. I did not go the mash route because I didn't do the homework. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what's the build? But that is my character concept. Is uh is gonna be, you know, like part of a medical unit in a <laughs> war in Korea. It's like, you know, they get up to antics. I dig it. Have it ever since Okay. The build. Uh Gloomstalker Ranger six, divination wizard fourteen.
1: I don't know that we've seen a Ranger Wizard spread yet in the Forge, but I like it.
0: You think of, like, the the classic, like, the CIA archetypes, right? Like, you have, like, the analyst and the cowboy, like, the field agent and then, like, the office analyst. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like this blends the two, (laughs) right? You've got your Gloomstalker. You've got your Ranger to be, like, kind of out in the field. You've got your Divination Wizard to be back in the office uh, and make sense of everything going on. So... Uh we're gonna start the build with five levels of ranger at level one. You get favorite enemy, so you can have advantage to track your enemy or recall info about them. Uh you also gain their language for free, so always good. Um and then you'll get natural explorer so you can move easily uh through your favorite terrain.
1: You'll pick up a fighting style for a gloom stalker. Blind fighting is always great. You'll get ten feet of uh blind sight.
0: Literally radar.
1: It's literally <laughs> radar. <laughs> uh is yours going to be echo location are you squeaking the whole time
0: i'm squeaking the entire
1: time yeah obviously uh ranger spellcasting up to second level spells uh people sleep on ranger spellcasting but there are some very good low level ranger spells lots of utility
0: oh yeah and i mean the gloomstalker gets like rope trick (laughs) so it it, it's great at three you get dread ambusher which gives
1: you wisdom to initiative and you get an additional attack on the first uh, turn of combat which will deal an extra d8 damage
0: you also get Umbral Sight, uh, so you'll gain dark vision up to 60 feet, or you'll gain 30 extra feet of dark vision. Uh, and then another really slept-on ability, you're invisible in darkness to creatures with dark vision. Like, you, this is like the freest invisibility in the entire game. It's almost always dark everywhere you go. Dungeons? Dungeons are dark. I know, I know. And dark vision is very common. They're never going to see it coming.
1: You get Primeval Awareness. After a minute, you can identify if creatures, uh, if certain types of creatures are within a mile of you or six in your favorite terrain. And then you uh, get extra attack before hopping over to Wizard.
0: Yeah, so we'll take all of the Wizard levels here. You'll end up with 7th level spells known and 8th level slots because you're multi-class. Uh, but at level 2, Divination Wizard, of course, gets portent. That lets you roll d20s after a long rest, and you can use those values to replace an attack, saving throw, or ability check. Uh, I like to flavor these not as like, oh, you know, the divine insight into what's going to happen, like turn the tide. I like to flavor this as like very, very competent at your job. So if it's a really good roll that you're going to use, it's like, I mean, of course I got an 18 on this, you know, stealth check. I'm incredibly stealthy. Uh, or likewise, if you roll low, well, of course they failed their perception check. I'm incredibly stealthy. <laughs> Expert divination
1: lets you regain a spell slot of a lower level when you're casting a divination spell, uh, which really gives you staying power throughout the day.
0: Yeah, it lets you use your divination spells and then still have something to do in combat. Like that's always the problem when you have these utility kind of focused spell uh, spell trees is just like, cool, how do I make how do I fight? (laughs) You don't have to worry about that. You'll you end up refunding some of your spell slots as you do it. And then what we're really here for, 10th level, is third eye. As an action, once per short rest, you have a choice of gaining dark vision, ethereal sight into the ethereal plane, uh, the ability to read any language, or to see invisibility, and it lasts until you take another rest. So so always. Yeah, that's a pretty handy <laughs> recon ability, don't you think? It costs an action to turn it on. Uh, and then at 14, you'll get greater portent, which gives you a third portent roll. And then our wild card level here is Ranger six. Uh, So what you're going to get at at Ranger six is an additional favorite terrain and an additional favorite enemy, which includes the language. Um, I feel like this is a good time to take in like the second act of your adventure. Um, You know, whenever you're at that point or not act uh, second arc. Right. Whenever you're at that point where you're going to a new terrain or facing a new type of enemy, you know, like you you dealt with the goblins and now you're dealing with, you know, uh, aberrations. Right. Cool. I'm like, my focus is recon, right? Like I'm going to study up on the terrain. I'm going to study up on the inhabitants. I am preparing myself to travel there, to deal with them, to fight with them. Like I will be the expert on the next thing we're going to. This is... Take that at whatever point you need it. (laughs) This is
1: something that I've always liked about higher level favorite enemies. I mean, I don't love favorite enemy as a mechanic in general, but you know, it makes perfect sense to me that the angry ranger, you know, who's been just dealing with goblins this whole time because, you know, she's great at slaughtering goblins since essentially the womb, um, meets a new kind of enemy and maybe it's undead or maybe there are hordes of aberrations and mind flayers trying to destroy the world right now. But I've just decided, you know who I also hate? Aberrations. (laughs) They've really been getting on my nerves a lot. I think I'm just going to get really like much better at killing them.
0: What's the what's the full metal jacket line? It's like, "Oh, I I want to join the army to see the world and meet interesting people and kill them." All right, so Shane you already tipped your hand, but who is your radar? Uh, my radar is attached to a medical unit. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I think my uh, my radar is uh, is is a scout specialist, right? He is a a gentleman with a very particular set of skills. You know, his background Isn't important where he came from, why he hates goblins so much. None of that's important. You don't need to know that. What you need to know is that he's very good with a blade. You'll never get the jump on him. Uh, And he always knows what threats coming around the corner, even if it doesn't seem like he should. Uh, And that's a pretty handy person to have around uh, to watch your back or watch your front. So, you know, he's kind of just the like coming out or like just coming in from the rain like pulling the cloak off his head not saying a whole lot but you know dangerous but you don't really want to know too much i do want to know
1: too much is your radar um field before desk or desk before field like what's their career path
0: uh i think it is desk before i think it is field before desk Mm -hmm. right like i i think he yeah i think i This radar is a doer, right? Uh, a fighter, a, a mixer upper. Um, you know, all the all the divination skill set is is really about being better prepared to fight. So I can guess now <laughs> something. <laughs> that might be different about your (laughs) radar
1: well the reason that i asked is so so that i could figure out that my radar is uh yes in in fact a desk jockey who has been uh through no fault of her own shoved out into the real world uh to do field work to do wet work and oh my goodness it that's why it's called wet work yeah that makes sense it it's gross okay (laughs) this they don't teach you this in the i mean they technically do teach you this in the academy but you know it's not nearly this icky you know it, it, i i prefer microfiche um but i guess that's why i was put out here because now i the, i'm supposed to stick the microfiche from like a dead drop and it's literally a dead drop there was a body uh <laughs> and you know i've seen pictures before but oh and and I, I got in a fight, but I won and I don't I don't even know how that happened. But I think, you know, I've just been doing a lot of reading up on pressure points uh, and joint locks. And and I, I don't know, things just sort of sort of come to me. I remember stuff that I was uh, browsing um, on the Internet. Naturally good muscle memory. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how it must be those six ranger levels. Also, I, I'm a misanthropist. So I took humans as my favorite enemy.
0: <laughs> I, I think this build also works fine if you take your two levels of divination wizard first and then go into ranger. So I, I could totally see that working for like more of the desk jockey that's kind of thrust into a life of adventure. And it's like, oh, I better study up. <laughs> like I'm not going to live long out here if I'm just like walking around in robes asking to get be the geeked mage you know
1: right oh i really should have seen this coming no literally i i <laughs> have a third eye and i'm a divination wizard i should have seen this coming it's my literal job <laughs> yeah uh i just uh, the way i fight is i put my hands in front of my face and i say please not in the face and then it turns out that's
0: true <laughs> oh this is uh you're kobold uh you have the grovel <laughs> ability all right before we wrap up uh let's take a moment and thank our patreon supporters your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show every single
1: week. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out all of our rewards at patreon.com slash
0: Thrill. And what do we have planned for next week's episode?
1: It is our panel from this year's Gen Con Online, all about playing non-human
0: characters. Well, that's it for episode 287 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening.